two, three. Welcome to She Rocked It. This is the place where ladies are talking about the ways we're blazing our trails and the things that put the wind in our sails. Hello and welcome to the She Rocked It podcast. I'm your host, Karen Gross. So happy to be back with another episode of our Real Talk with Women in the Music Industry series. This is kind of a bonus episode because I had this conversation with Cheryl Pavelski on Instagram Live and realized that we had to share it here on the podcast because Cheryl is a woman in the music industry that you need to know about. If you don't know her name well, I highly suggest that you go check out her website and dig into her incredible background. We're going to include some info in the show notes as well. But in brief, Cheryl Pavelski is a three-time Grammy award-winning producer. She's an archivist. She has preserved and championed some of music's most incredible legacies. And if you look at a snapshot of her Grammy wins and nominations, you'll get a sense of this. She's won for projects with Wilco and and Mr. Rogers as well. So she's worked with an array of incredible artists throughout her career. Aretha Franklin, we're going to talk about a great moment that she shared with her and also with Robbie Robertson of the band. Um, And also you'll hear in this conversation how Cheryl transitioned in her career from working at major labels to co-founding Omnivore Recordings, where she's really found an incredible home for herself to develop a multi-pronged career as a creative in the music industry. And there's a lot of inspiration we can all gain about blazing our own trails and finding our calling. So without further ado, here's Cheryl Pavelski and how she rocks it. Thank you. That was a nice intro. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Oh, truly my pleasure. Shout out to Greg Bendian, rock star himself, for connecting us. We really appreciate this connection and his support of She Rocked It. But let's dive right in. So Cheryl, tell us a little more about yourself and from your own words and what you're up to these days. Well, uh, geez, you know, I'm uh, a producer uh, of catalog or historical recordings. So, um, you know, I, what am I up to? Uh, it's, well, it's a weird job to begin with, right? Because who knew that it even existed? <laughs> right? I'll be honest with you. I didn't before I started researching you. How cool. You found this really amazing lane. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's, there's no real pathway to that. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those jobs that you kind of make up. <laughs> Right. Uh, and but I came I was fortunate to come up at a certain time when uh, all the labels, you know, with the, the, the introduction of the CD, mm-hmm. all the labels were able to kind of remember that their catalog that kids. Yeah, the CDs. <laughs> they went from big black discs to shiny little silver ones. And now they're yeah. ones and zeros on your computer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, currently I, it's just uh, I'm, I'm working on omnivore projects. I always got you know, between probably 50 and 100 projects in various states of completion and clearance, you know, you have to go through and do all the legal rights to these things. Um, you know, there's projects that I consult on, working on some music documentaries, wow. and um, always entertaining this book project that everybody wants me to write. <laughs> I'm sure it would be an amazing one. And I just have to say, like, just from you looking at the three Grammys you've won, mm. I feel like reflects this incredibly eclectic catalog of, you know, catalogs really of music that you've had your hands on over the years. Everything yeah. from most recently, Wilco's, you know, reissue the 20th anniversary super deluxe edition of Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, yeah. which is such a beloved album for so many of us. 
Then Mr. Rogers, it's such a good feeling, the best of Mr. Rogers. And yeah. prior to that, Hank Williams, yeah. the garden spot, right? In the historical album category. So doesn't that's like a little snapshot of like all these amazing, you know, musicians and, and musical, you know, histories you've you've touched over these years. Yeah. I mean it's uh Mr. Rogers, I think that that was the <laughs> pandemic year. We <laughs> We needed we some of that energy. <laughs> we won online. It was very strange, but yeah, it felt like a warm hug, right? Yeah, sure. you know, it's like everybody needed a little Mr. Rogers that year. So we uh, still do, honestly. I know. Please Don't come we, help. Yeah. Can we all just calm down and be nice to each other? <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's, you know, it's been an interesting career. It's, you know, I, I still feel like I'm the kid answering the phone for my boss, but you know, it's, <laughs> you know, 30 years down the road, you know, I've, I've, I've worked on, I've, I've had the good fortune to work with so many great artists and, um, you know, I, I got to work with Aretha Franklin, you know, I mean, come on, that's it. You mentioned know, she's, we're going to shout out some of these artists that, <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, I think I read in one of these articles that, you know, you grew up in Milwaukee yes. and um, saw a sh- an ABBA show and snuck away to see it. And your parents didn't know. And it like was that pivotal moment as a musical person yeah. that you're like, this is this is my life. I feel this so deeply. Yeah. You know, we each have a oh, different that- show where we hit, where it hits us like that. That show was mind blowing and it was worth getting in trouble for because, you know, I, <laughs> I, yes, I lied and yes, I took the bus and no, I didn't check to see when the buses stopped running. I had to call Ooh, dad. Busted. <laughs> yeah, I was so busted, but you know, it's, it was, it was worth, worth, uh, worth the, the cone of silence that my dad employed on the way home. So <laughs> I love that. It was, and how does a, you know, a kid from Milwaukee get the courage to do this like for real? You know, I've had a, I've had conversations with women in the industry. I'm just always so curious because yeah. it's not historically hospitable to women. And, you know, I'm, imagine you're familiar with reports like the USC Annenberg Initiative uh, yeah. did this inclusion study. And the numbers are are pathetic, <laughs> and especially in the production world. And you're in the, as a producer, right. I mean, it's like less than 5%. It might be 3% of women in that study. You know, the, that's the representation of women yeah. identified as producers in that study. So, like... First of all, how do you get the courage to enter the field? Then how do you get the courage to stay in it? (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, here's the thing. Historically, you know, women were socialized. um, You know, it's like the books that you saw when you were in grade school, right? Like women are nurses and teachers and mommies and blah, blah, blah. You know, men, uh, boys drive trucks and they do everything else in the world, right? So we weren't really socialized that way. But, you know, by the time I... I, uh, I landed on this fabulous earth, um, you know, things, things had changed enough. And um, it was still, you know, when I got in the business, it was still very, very male dominated. And, um, you know, it, it wasn't so much courage as it was a matter of knowing when I knew enough to do what I do, right? Like being in the business, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, th- I think I, I have a cloak of invisibility that I sometimes can pull over myself, you know, where it's just sort of like, don't mind me. I'm just back here in the studio doing my thing. Right. Um, but I also think I communicated with, um, with the guys that I worked with pretty well, you know, like I can talk football. <laughs> I'm from Wisconsin. Come on. Um, you know, <laughs> that helps. So, you know, yeah. Um, and I, th- I think, you know, being obsessed with records since I was a kid, um, I could kind of compete with them 
you know, um, one of the big um, things of all the older guys that I worked with when I first got in the business, because I was just a baby sprout, <laughs> you know, yeah. off the beer and cheese wagon. And suddenly I'm in Hollywood working at Capitol. But I committed all of this stuff to memory. And one of their favorite things to do was try to, like, um, outdo each other. Like, what's the matrix number on the B side to the single blah, 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 blah. And I knew that stuff. You know, so um, and I, I, I am ambitious and I am competitive. And I think that um, f- for folks that were are, are compelled to music and are passionate about it, a lot of the old, those older guys that had committed their lives to it, they didn't they didn't see the gender thing. Right. Um, now, that having been said, um uh, another female friend of mine in the business once once said a very um, insightful thing, and she said, "Well, we'll never know the opportunities that we didn't have, right?" Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just you know, um, I can tell you that coming up behind me, there's a lot more women in the business, yeah. and there are a lot more opportunities in 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 the business these days for women, and uh, you don't just have to be a secretary, you know. Uh, Jack Holtzman, who was the founder of Electro Records, said to me once, he's like, well, Cheryl, I, I wish we would have had you back in the day. And I was like, Jack, man, I would have been a secretary. And he said, you're right. I'm glad we have you now. You know, and and but, you know, the, there was some gentlemen that really were mentors and paved the way for me. And, and I'm, you know, I'm very grateful to them. That's awesome. Coincidentally, uh, my partner, Tim, just played a show with Adam Holtz, Holtzman, I believe. So <laughs> this is great. The world is very small. Who knows Greg Ben? Anyway, I love the connectivity. So it's so all, tiny. So tiny. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And so you started your career kind of more traditionally in labels. And then yeah. um, I believe around 10 or so years ago, co-founded Omnivore Recordings. Correct. What, um, maybe courage isn't the right word, but I'm curious maybe what word you would use. What gave you the the courage perhaps or the idea, the initiative to branch out and do your own thing away from kind of that more traditional path. Because, you know, we talk a lot of with women here are looking to make a pivot into something that feels more aligned yeah. to them. And I'm yeah, curious yeah. about kind of what gave you that, you know, <laughs> that feeling that you wanted to make that Oops. jump. Yeah. Did I jump or was I pushed? <laughs> uh, that's the question, right? Yeah. And, right, and that's the truth because, you know, the, what I do in the business um, as, as a, producer of historical recordings, they, um, the job, you know, there's a handful of jobs left at the labels. So if I wanted to keep doing what I do with, um, the amount of creative agency that I wanted, I had to do it on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's, again, like there's just a handful of jobs left because as, as the digital world encroached, the idea was, well, everything's available digitally. Why do we need you to go into the vaults and, and do this work, right? So mm-hmm. there were a lot of layoffs, and um, those jobs didn't come back. And, you know, I mean, you're not in the music business if you don't get blown out a few times, right? So you just got to learn not to take that personally. But I also I, I got tired of that, too. Um, I, I like to build things, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I don't like starting over um, – it, it was useful to work at a bunch of different major labels. Um, it's always important to to work in different environments. You learn so much just being in, in different um, cultures, right? Mm-hmm. Labels have different cultures, different companies have different cultures. And that was um, 
an important foundation, but um, I really wanted to keep doing what I do. Okay. So I just said, meh. <laughs> I'll go do it myself. And so that's that's what we've done. It has it certainly hasn't been easy, but um I've got great partners that uh all you know major label veterans and uh we've been able to tightrope our wa- uh, our way to uh 13 years, I think. It'll be 14, I guess. Yeah, in uh January, so. Yeah. Holy moly. Two of were your own releases, right? From Omnivore, right? Yes. So two of the three. Yeah. Um, really exciting. (laughs) And, and I'm just curious, you know, you've worked with such an incredible roster of, of artists and creative people. I'm just curious, do you ever get starstruck? Like, how do you keep your shit together when you're working with Rick Franklin? (laughs) How does that work? It used to be hard. It used to be really hard because some people were really intimidating too. You know, um, uh, Robbie Robertson, who we just recently lost, he was an intimidating guy, you know, but after you spend time with people they're just you know they're people every now and again though with Robbie I'd be sitting there and we were working on stuff and I'd be like oh my god this is the guy that wrote you know the weight (laughs) it's the guy who wrote up on Cripple Creek but you know it it kind of changed like I know his his kids you know they're my age you know so everybody's just people um at the end of the day and um it took a while though Franklin though I mean Talk about gravitas. <laughs> I, you Woo! know, here, here's the thing, though. Like, you know, we were in a hotel room in New York City, and somebody had sent over, I think Clive Davis had actually sent over uh, a stereo system so we could listen to some music together. And um, she's patting around in her little stocking feet. And, and she jumped, like, she moves the rig out drops to the floor and starts pat what because it hadn't been wired up and so she's and i'm like oh my god so we're sitting there on the floor patching this thing together and you know so forget about that is a great story yeah she she knew how to plug everything in too right that's like totally did (laughs) she's like oh well that goes there and i'm like even the diva has to know how to plug in her rig for sure all right, sure. Levin, you heard, you heard, yeah. And I saw you up in a picture with Taylor Swift. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. A little starstruck, maybe. <laughs> Again, she was totally cool. So my um, my wife had this uh, uh, necklace on with a B on it, and Taylor was like, "I love that." Uh, and you know, uh, Audrey was like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> you know. But even ta- even Taylor was so cool. We were getting some pictures autographed for uh, our friends daughter and her friend or you know, there were two two sisters and so we just asked to have the two names on one picture and she said are they sisters and, and i just said yeah and she's like i need another picture <laughs> she I was so it. cool you know so just really um very uh conscientious of the uh potential sister fight that was about to ensue you know great to hear great. like yeah that people are as cool as you hope they are yeah you know no, she's, she was on it. Yeah. That's really cool. And you mentioned your wife, Audrey. Yes. And I, I kind of wanted to go into the personal side. We'll talk a little about the professional okay. in a minute. But you got it like a two rock star household because she is the president of Reed College. Yeah. Great school. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, badass. She right? is. And so like how do you two juggle? I love how proud you are. Look at that. That's so real. <laughs> she's amazing. Um, I love that. Both of you have these huge careers happening. How does that sort of work? Like, do you, you must be championing each other 
you know, all the time. Yes. How, but you're obviously both, I, I would imagine, very busy people. So tell us about how you kind of support each other. What is that ecosystem like in your in your in your marriage and in your life? Yeah, well, you know, um, college presidential roles often have um, the the need for their spouse to be involved mm-hmm. right so if 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 someone's a college president it's it's expected that you know i, I come along and go to events and, you have to be the arm know, candy come I'm on totally the, the arm candy oh, right. are you kidding me oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's the yeah she's she's, she's everything smarter funnier uh, just better in every way oh but, um you're making me melt over oh, here no. look at you i'm so proud it's true <laughs> it's true i'm so proud of her but you know she um so, you know, I, I have a, a more of a formal role to play. And also, you know, we get a new crop of students every year. Students, uh, you know, there's always a, a percentage of them that are, you know, into music and want to talk to me about, you know, the business. And um, I'm always happy to go and be in classes, you know, at the schools if they want me to do that. So that's, that's but, but I think the big thing is really just uh, being present and part of part of the school community. Now, Audrey, because she's, uh, she came out of the faculty as a literature professor. I just have to say that Omnivore Recordings just wrote in the comments, Audrey is a boss. <laughs> she is a boss. And she also named the, comp- the company. She named my label. Yeah. I read that. Yeah. She came up with the idea Omnivore, yeah. which is such a perfect word. Well, she, Audrey she's a, <laughs> she's, she's a literature professor, right? 18th century British literature. And this, the smartest of my liner note writers that, that write album notes for our releases, um, uh, they ask for her to edit the notes. So she's worked on Grammy award winning projects as, as an editor of the, the liner notes in our projects. So, you know, we just, it. um, it, and she's, she's just a lover of music. Um, she, I mean, one might expect that you would have to be right. Uh, to be hanging around with me. Um, but you know, I just we, have to, cause I'm being nosy yeah. now. How did you guys meet from your two separate oh, worlds? Oh boy. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> I had a cruddy band and Audrey had a cruddy band. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. Not only is Audrey a boss, she's a drummer. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. I so, think we might need a, a, a reissue of this band. No. <laughs> but, Both um, your bands. <laughs> uh, uh, so her, her band was to be playing the same venue that my band had was playing and she and a bunch of her bandmates came down to check us out, just to, to check out the room. And um, she, uh, she struck, up a, struck up a conversation. <laughs> that is the best. So, the best yeah, so we met I love that. through music. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So, yeah. And you veered into production. I was going to ask you, so you veered, obviously, from playing. I didn't even know you had a band to being a producer. What, what kind of, um, how did you grow those skills to, of production? Was that sort of like learned on the job kind of thing or how did you get into production? Yeah. Um, well, the, the, the thing about my work is um, it's very interdisciplinary, right? So I'm not in the studio recording artists, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not an engineer. I employ engineers. Um, I know uh, enough to be dangerous, um, but 
you know, I, I have to know how to write because I have to hire writers. I have to know about graphic design because I, I work with designers. I have to know how to um, research and I have to know uh, clearances, so legal rights. It's, it's a very complex business. So basically um, what I need to do uh, for my work is to coordinate everything, right? And um, the thing I learned in school, um, we had a television station. And it was the first time that um, all those skills were put to use and it kind of locked in for me. Mm -hmm. when, I, when I understood, because I was always compelled creatively, but I didn't know, how, you know, I thought I was going to go into advertising, you know, mm -hmm. because, but, and, and that is a little bit in, interdisciplinary, right? Yeah. So it's it's just you, it's not something that you can really be taught. It's something that you know. I, I guess it, like you know the TV thing locked it in because I was producing TV shows, and it was the first time I was like, I'm a producer. I get it now. I have the writers. I have the people running the cameras. I have the story concept. You know, because that's that's my job, right? I have to come up with the concepts. I have to come up with the through line and the stories. And then I have to know how to guide all of the people that do the component parts. So um, it was it was it was it was frustrating to not know what that job is. But you, you know you feel your way to it. So um, so I've I, I have a weird job. So it's not just you know it's just not technical. I, I have to know the technical some of it though. You know. I know. I love that. I was, I was wondering actually about how you kind of created this multidisciplinary, multi-pronged career for yourself, you know, and it's very liberating to hear that you've, you know, kind of, like we said earlier, you've kind of created these lanes for yourself yeah. and you don't have to box yourself in one of them, which is right. cool. You know, you have, so, um, that happened, it sounds like almost organically, that you found these things that you love doing and you can also have kind of a macro role of supervising. And it's very cool. I, I love that you found, you know, that to be a possibility within the industry. Yeah, you. I mean, I almost feel like, you know, I'm a librarian in a way, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, it's, it's, I organize things. Um, it just so happens that, you know, the thing I wanted to do when I woke up with every day with my days, the thing I wanted to do was, you know, the, the passion was for music, you know, and, but then there were all these other little things that I enjoyed doing and skills that I uh, cultivated. And it just so happens that, you know, all of those things uh, add up to being a catalog producer. <laughs> You know, totally. um, especially the, the, the passion for music and, and the history of music. So and I'm just seeing you in front of your library now. It's all kind of gelling yeah. sitting together, you know, it's part of it. <laughs> just I'm sure. I'm sure you're looking at the whole other wall. Um, I love that. I love that you were able to follow your calling, your passion for digging deep into music, yeah. being an archivist, helping to produce and pull these things together. I know. Jeff Tweedy just gave you a beautiful shout out about kind of having <laughs> you on the team for yeah. Wilco, knowing yeah. that he, he trusts you. So many others trust you with their music yeah. to do justice to it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a little unnerving sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't mess that up. Handle with care, um, but you have those caring, uh, caring hands and caring spirit. But it is, you know, 
I mean, it's, it's, uh, sometimes people ask, you know, if, if, if that's if that's a, like a heavy responsibility and and it is you know you it's you you're you're really dealing with somebody's art um that, that they've given to people who are passionate about it right so you have a responsibility to the audience um and certainly to the legacy of of the artist or the artist if they're still here you know um i love working with with uh jeff and and the wilco team because they they do you know there is a level of trust there um and and that's 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 like the greatest compliment of 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 all time <laughs> and he's you know having read some of his books like he's also deep you know he i'm sure he doesn't hand over that trust lightly yeah you know, he's, very serious he's great uh, he's a really person about his craft super smart uh, super super smart guy and so talented. Amazing. Well, I'll ask you just I could you know for all of you folks who want to learn more about Cheryl, go check her website. There's so many great articles, so much more to talk about. Um, mm. We try to keep these conversations about 30 minutes, so sadly we're going to wrap up soon. But dig into her amazing um, background. There's so much there, and uh, I just want to ask you two more questions, Cheryl. Sure. One is like if a woman, yes, yeah, looking to launch into the music industry now. What are some tips you might give to women looking to embark on a career these days? Um, don't, um, don't expect to do the job you think you want to do immediately. Mm. Um, you know, it's the, the music business is, is churning and changing minute by minute, truly. And the, the thing about it is um, any experience that you get, even if it's tangentially related to the music business, you're going to use that someday. Um, but you certainly, you know, I mean, and also the, the, the jobs that look the sexiest are usually the worst. <laughs> <laughs> They're usually the hardest, nice. you know. I always hear, you know, kids will say to me, I want to be a music supervisor because I want to pick the music that goes in movies. And I'm like, that's not the job of a music supervisor. Mm, you know, no, you're no. the job of a music supervisor is to clear all that music. So you have, you have to work within a budget. You know, you have the people that pick the music are, that's not you, <laughs> you know, I mean, generally. Um, and those jobs talk about, you know, self-starting jobs. Those, those are, you're, you're out there on a high wire just just you know it's entertainment in general so I, I would just say you know you're not going to walk into a studio tomorrow and be a producer <laughs> it's going to take years right um but if you're smart you're gonna maybe be the person that gets the coffee or you're going to be the person that um winds up at a publicity firm uh that works in with music artists or a, a t-shirt manufacturer that that works on tour merch you know all of that stuff adds up over time so i would just say you know go to where the business is and um get as close to it as you can and just amass uh as much uh experience as you can and and the other thing is you might wind up in a job that you didn't even know existed as a job right? Because mm -hmm. the music business, who knows? Who knows what the jobs of tomorrow are going to be? So um, I, I would just say uh, jump in and, uh, and do. <laughs> I know? love it. And just learn from that. That's great. 
Great. And if you need yeah. someone to get your coffee, Cheryl, I'd be happy to do it. So just okay. I, I, okay. I like it. Like it about um, <laughs> six thirty in the morning. You'll be oh, over. <laughs> Gotta get to the gym. I know. <laughs> no, that's great advice. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Keep yourself open to those, you know, unexpected opportunities and for sure avenues that right might actually take you in the direction you were meant to go. Yeah. Um, I love that. And we always end our interviews, as you know, with my final question. Um, more broadly, for any woman who's creative uh-huh. and courageous like you and uh, wants to rock it maybe a little more in their lives, what's your one tip to rock it? Do the work. Just do the work. Be relentless. Work harder than everybody else. Do the work because you will meet all the people that you need to meet. You will learn all the things you need to learn, but you're not going to do any of that if you just don't do the work. I. There is no getting out of that work. You gotta, but you gotta love it. You know, yeah. like what do you want to? What do you want to do with your day? Right, every day that you wake up. Okay. If you want to be a musician, if you want to be a dancer, if you want to be the best secretary, you know, personal assistant, whatever, whatever you do, the best dishwasher, but do the work, you know, love the work and um, everything else sorts itself out. But um, yeah, just do the work. Amen. And yes, very, very important advice. And honestly, it really comes down so much. I think we had one interview um, Doing the work is the shortcut was Bethany Lyons quote from season one of our podcast. And it's an echoing doing the work is the shortcut. There's no shortcuts you've got. So shout out to Bethany. It just came to my mind. It's That's true. Right. Rock stars behind the scenes are doing the That's damn work. That's so, right. 25 hours a day. Thank you for taking the time to share these awesome insights with us. I hope you all enjoy this as much as I did. And Cheryl, just keep on rocking it as you well, are and inspiring us. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's just fun. I appreciate it. Super fun for me too. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning into the She Rocked It podcast. I'm your host, Karen Gross. This episode has been produced by Tori Marcioni with audio engineering by Tung Chen. The She Rocked It theme song is by Karen Gross and Tim Motzer. Please join us over on Instagram and check out our website at sherockedit.com to join our Rockstar Network and check out all the cool things we have going on. Hope to see you soon.